It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Gutfeld. This is the one. I'm very excited about my next guest, Riley Gale. He's the front man for a fantastic band called Power Trip. Insanely Hello. talented. Pro- Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Greg? I'm doing great. I was just going to continue uh, blowing smoke up your ass. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say you. I was going to say you're probably my top three metal bands. Uh, you've had two amazing records out so far: uh, Manifest Decimation and Nightmare Logic, which I played nonstop. I think it was tw- throughout all of 2018. I think that's when it came out. You yes. guys are from Dallas. You guys from uh, Dallas have been around for maybe 12 years, and you're yep. kind of working on a new album, but it's been a little difficult, I imagine, right? Yep, yep. It's kind of like, uh, what's the point <laughs> right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. We can't really yeah. do anything with it, so what's, what's the point? Is your experience during this shutdown weird? Like, is, do, do weird, like I feel weird things. Like, I get up really early. It's Does that happen to you? Yeah, I, I, I sleep like a, I, I have been getting up particularly early. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of seem to have this double sleep pattern where I basically <laughs> sleep twice a day and it's for a couple yeah. hours each time. And so it'll yeah. be like, I might, I might sleep from like two till 9 PM and then fall mm-hmm. back to sleep again until six. And then I, I don't know. It, it's, I have no sleep schedule whatsoever. The only thing is, is touring kind of prepares your body for that. So I think I've been handling it. I think we've all yeah. been handling it a little better than other people because we're sort of used to this kind of situation of having nothing to do and sitting around and not really needing to be on a, a, a super specific schedule of any kind. But, mm-hmm. uh, but this is the longest we've ever gone, uh, I think, without touring and without ever playing a show, period. Yeah. So uh yeah it's starting to wear on me uh and i think mm-hmm. everyone else in, in uh in some in, in you, you know it's grinded us down uh the first yeah. couple months were a breeze we were like oh this is easy this is this is just like being home and then we started seeing all our tours getting canceled and then yeah it was just like oh oh no just a wave of dread washing over us as our income for the rest of the year evaporated uh, with every with every new case, so is this a, this might be a really stupid question, but I asked a buddy of mine who managed bands that shouldn't, and this is like a shouldn't big artists who can sustain like years and and could even retire if they wanted right now, shouldn't they be helping out the 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 younger up and coming bands who can't weather this kind of thing financially? Are they doing it? Uh, and I'm not knowing about it. Like, if, if bands like U2 and, and the Rolling Stones or whomever who are outrageously wealthy can somehow, I don't know, help out the bands that are like, you, you, you're on a razor-thin margin and you, and you lose these shows, you're, you're screwed. But no, I don't know if that's... I think that's a great question, a great point that, that no one has really brought up or is talking about. You know, um, uh, a lot, right now a lot of musicians are focused on um sending their money more towards uh a lot of the other movements going on right now but yeah um, yeah you you know even before all the protesting and things 
you didn't really see uh, too many artists, certainly no uh, artist in, in, in heavy metal uh, mm-hmm. kind of step up and say, look, I have this insurmountable wealth, you know, yeah. who, who needs help? And, and the, yeah, it, it's, it's been kind of interesting to see that sort of lack of, of, of community there. Uh, and, and it's definitely frustrating. Um, uh, there was a program uh, called, Mu- there's a program called Music Cares, which like mm-hmm. helped set up bands and stuff to, to get taken care of um, uh, for insurance and stuff. They're, they're, they're year round, but um, they right. try to do a, a, a COVID relief program where, you know, anyone could sign up and as long as you prove that, you know, you had a show canceled or something like mm-hmm. that, you could qualify for a stimulus. And mm-hmm. uh, and they ran out of funding in like two weeks. And so wow. and it was only like a thousand dollars per art, you know, you know, individual yeah. artist, which is which is nothing. So um, uh and they haven't been able to get funding, extra funding since. So, yeah, it it, it kind of pisses me off. And 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 you're 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 dead on to notice that. But no, no one. And I understand it's their money to do what they want with. But but no, you've never really seen. Uh, uh, you know, I don't want to name any names because I don't yeah. know as far as people. You know, they could be right. people and be planning something. But no, I haven't really seen anybody step up and 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 offer. Uh, uh, to help out bands and, and, and say, you know, like, uh, I'll cover your guarantees for, you know, the last month that you didn't mm-hmm. make or, or anything like that. Um, yeah. Or even help set up virtual concerts because that costs money. And it's like, if you wanted, you know, if you wanted to see your band play, uh, you know, remotely, uh, they could help, they could at least help sponsor, some kind of like show or event like that for, for, for bands that are, that are struggling through this, that, that would be, that would be something, you know, you know, but bands have just been doing it themselves, which is fine, you know, but right. It, 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 there's, there's not really, it's, 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 everyone is very much looking out for number one right now, right. Looking out for the community as a whole, which I think is going to have a devastating impact when it opens back up because uh you know i don't think we're gonna jump right back into touring because you're mm-hmm. gonna have all these bands trying to hit the road um yeah good chance that uh you know um uh, uh shows will be more expensive uh, mm-hmm. uh because venues will be trying to make up for lost income bands will probably have to take lower guarantees uh T-shirt prices may have to go up five dollars. I, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, uh, music fans don't know this, but venues will take merch cuts. So right. even though you sold out their venue and you know got them, you know, nearly a hundred k at the bar for the night or whatever, they still want to come around and take uh, <laughs> ten to as much as twenty percent of your merch sales on top of it, which is that's amazing. And you don't even make that. I mean, people think you make a lot of money off merch. You actually don't. It's a lot of work. Well, it is, you know? it is, it is the most, it is where we make the most. It is. Oh, okay. we're, we're basically oh, really? traveling t-shirt salesmen and the set <laughs> and the set is the pitch. And that's me. Trying wow. To well, it, it's just, it has the highest margins. 
you know yeah uh, and uh and people just don't buy music the way that they they used to anymore true but even then now um pressing records has gotten more expensive because vinyl is very popular again which is yep. cool but um yeah uh yeah it, it, it may you know it used to be a lot cheaper to press a record and 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 now you're looking at waiting time so yeah shirt, shirts and merch are a huge deal and so mm-hmm. if you're if you're a bit you know if i went out and we're taking a couple thousand dollars less off our guarantee and we're making less even though we're charging more for shirts we're making less because venues are taking cuts i it feels mm-hmm. like we grinded for these last four years only to have someone hit the reset button You'll love this story just because, you know, my dad, but, um, <laughs> you know, remember the days of, of, of regular Nintendo where you didn't have uh, a save spot. So, you know, you kind of yeah. had to like t- leave your TV on overnight and hope everything was okay. <laughs> exactly. And you signed back on. So uh, my dad spent months uh, trying to uh, beat the first Zelda game. And, and he finally grinded his way all the way to the box and he was ready. He was going to wake up in the morning. He was going to like beat the game. He was so, you know, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He had it all planned out. And then I got up early at some point and I decided I wanted to play something else. And I turned off his game and he actually gave up. He never went back to it because it was, <laughs> it was so, such a devastating blow to have put that much hard work into it. And then, and then have it just erased by That's a great his, story. His I love dumb, I love your dad son. too. Yeah, yeah. Nope. You could you could imagine how upset he must have been. Which Speaking I'm of your dad. You know Speaking it, of it, your dad. Yes. I met you I met you and your dad together. Do you remember that? It was like in, in of course. Well, how how did we meet? We met on Twitter, right? So this is what happened. I got wind that uh, Fox News was using a Power Trip song. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, 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 initial reaction was, well, that's not uh, exactly the first choice of news uh, companies uh, uh, that would have playing our songs. But then when I found yeah. out that it was it was you, I realized that I, I was like, oh, I've seen this guy. He's had uh, Damien from Up. You know, Damien's been on and, and, and Bozo and, like, I was like, this guy's cool. He gets it. There must be something there. And so that's why I, and, you know, I reached out to you and you were, you were like, uh, uh, you know, gracious enough to reply. And, you know, that kind of happened since then. So once I sort of figured out, I was like, oh, this dude has good taste in music. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with everything that he says either, you know. <laughs> so so it, 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 it ended up being fine. But that was... Yeah, uh, that was how we, we had a we had a good time. We had a good drunken conversation when we first like, talked on the phone. It was like two hours, was like a, two, yeah, two and a yeah. half hours or something, just yeah. drunkenly talking about whatever music, yeah. going to see shows at CBGBs. Yeah, like that you know, which I never got to do, obviously. But you uh, said you. But were uh, uh, and then so I went to I, I met you and your dad at uh, I can't remember the, uh, the some it was a bar and we. And it was, it was before I had to do a book signing and I got like, I got mildly drunk and we had a great time. Cause you came with me, you and your dad came with me and we hung out in a bookstore with a, with what, with my fan base, which was quite amusing. 
Yeah, it was a blast. It was so, it was so interesting. <laughs> I, 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 I have a picture of a, a kid in a, a full suit and a fedora, and he can't be older than, like, 10 years old. Do you remember that guy? Do you remember that Yes. Kid? Really, really well-dressed, actually... uh, uh, red-headed kid. A uh, really sweet kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I think he, um, wanted to be, he wanted to be on TV. I think I remember him pitching himself. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Fun, fun fact that so that so I took you to North Park Mall, which is where you yeah. know all the celebrities go to shop and stuff. And there, there, there's a bar in there. What is it? Seasons or it's like Seasons Fifty Two or something. But it's basically yeah. an airport bar, right? Right. Well, yeah. Recently, but it, and it's a chain. But recently, yeah. uh, uh, well, I guess about a year ago, I met King Diamond at uh oh. because he lives out in he lives out in north texas uh he yeah. lives up here and uh and i said oh uh where exactly do you live and he said oh i live in this town called frisco and uh, i won't try and do a bad british accent right now but um <laughs> yeah he uh said uh, you know i i i was like oh what do you you know what do you like to do is there anywhere you like to go hang out drink or whatever and 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 he said i, I like to go to this bar seasons and i was like <laughs> really so that's so imagine imagine i mean you know not that he'd ever imagine rolling into a bar like that a seasons kind of airport lounge style bar and seeing kid yeah. in his full get up you know drinking a highball or something at, at, all by himself on like a tuesday night you know I, that that gave me a really good mental image but you know, I, was like, I was like i might have to start lurking around that seasons just to see if you're around and say hello but uh yeah yeah and i thought that i got a kick out of that that of all the places he likes yeah. to go is kind of like a, a corporate like a businessman bar where guys hang out but like you said between meetings and book signings and like that yeah so that's what know, it is it has it has no actual weird unique character which gives it its character you know right so right it's, you know it's not a script bar ever <laughs> yeah yeah it's it would be amazing if it wasn't a chain it just looked like it should be a chain yeah that would be a really interesting style yeah yeah you know? <laughs> like, well, yeah frisco's nicest dive bar yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> all right don't go anywhere we'll be right back Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. I want. I know that we talked a lot about drugs, and I was going to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, talking about left turn notes, I started thinking about it. I was like, I wanted to talk to you about what happened to a quote friend of mine. I'm not going to say who it is because sure. as a birthday gift, you know, uh, my friend was given um, a fairly large sum of mushrooms, psilocybin, and went up to the woods and everybody was so careful. They thought they were careful. Worst experience of her life. But it's, it's, it's weird. It's that thing where it's the worst experience, but she would not give it up for anything. Like it's something that she's glad that she did, but she's, she has now, then this happened like three or four months ago, and she has kind of not been the same person in the sense that, like, something opened up. And, like, it's almost like she sees what's behind the curtain, or uh, it was a horrible experience. Number one, it was a horrible experience. She thought that the woods were after her, the furniture was after her, people were, but then she thought that nothing was real. 
And that was her epiphany. And I know you have, you're kind of like an expert in the field of psilocybin and its uses and its effects. What is your analysis? I, I, I'm, I'm nowhere near an expert, I, you know, especially, <laughs> and there's guys who are chemists who, who, who could tell yeah. you everything about this. But, you know, essentially, you know, your brain functions uh, on this, this chemical and uh, this, this chemical balance. And when you introduce uh, this foreign substance into it, you know, it can obviously alter the way that you feel and perceive things. Um, yeah. I like to say that even when people, I, I like to say everyone's first trip is going to be overwhelming because yeah. what's going to happen is, is you're going to see, you're going to be able to see in a sense how the universe works. You might have a really, really like basic scientific epiphany. Like you're like, wow, yeah. you know, water gets cold and turns to ice. And then when it gets really hot, it evaporates. But you know, you sort of get to see the function. It's almost like you're watching chemistry happen. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that really makes sense, but you know. That makes total sense. Yeah. So, so you're, so you're being affected and, and you're watching it as you're happening, but what it's affecting is your, your consciousness. So things can yep. get really confusing and overwhelming. Um, because, uh, my favorite thing to do, um, uh, if someone's going to trip for a first time is I tell them to write themselves a note and to keep mm -hmm. it on them at all times. And it's a, it's a, it's a note from sober, sober Greg. So it's a, right. It's a, and it says, hey, look, you're on drugs. It might not feel like it's ever going to end, but I promise it will. You know, the world's a good place. It's beautiful. It yeah. you. No one is going to hurt you. You're not in mm -hmm. any danger, you know, and it just reassuring things. And then just sign it sober, sober Greg. And, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I've had people tell me it saved their trip because it almost feels like a totem. They wouldn't even read it just knowing that they had it on there. Right, on their person um, would bring them a, a, a big sense of relief, and uh, you know, it's um, it's never a good idea for your first trip to trip um, uh, alone or with people who have never tripped before. I think you should always mm -hmm. have one person, and and they should probably stay sober unless they're really experienced. But you should have one person mm -hmm. as sort of a guide or someone who just so, sort of sets the tone. You say. I'm too hot. I'm too hot. You know, have someone help them out. With, mm -hmm. Let me get you a fan or do you need something to drink or, Oh, you don't mm -hmm. like, to talk. what do you want to listen to things? So, so people can just sort of relax and enjoy uh, the biggest mistake in it, which sounds like the mistake that your friend made is that they overthought it, that they, yeah. just, it's kind of like, you know, the feeling of getting on a roller coaster and once you're locked in and it leaves, there's no going yeah. back. It's right. kind of like yeah. that. You just have to sit back and enjoy the ride. And and yeah. And, and sometimes it's going to be scary. Sometimes it might be funny. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like a, a roller coaster mixed with like a, little, a haunted house. And it and it is, mm -hmm. and, and it could be the most traumatic thing for you, or it could be a, a, a riot. A bit, uh, you know, uh, you're just crying, laughing all the time. I I. If I do psychedelics, I try. I tend to seek out the most visual things. I try not to get overly contemplative, uh, mm -hmm. which I think mushrooms do. I think LSD, yeah. good LSD, is is 
much more visual and much easier to sort of control. Now you don't want to take too much. If you take too much, you can really, you know, yourself up. Um, yeah. Uh, not permanently, but you know, you can, mm -hmm. you can do some damage. And especially if you're someone who's faced deep trauma in their life, some of that stuff does come to the forefront, but you know, uh, I, 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 the first time I ever went to Vegas, uh, I took uh, uh, a bunch of acid and 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 I was you know uh, sort of like I have no idea if this is a good idea or a bad idea because you have this this you know it, it, Vegas is like a, a theme park for adults where you're sort of trapped mm -hmm. into this one street and it's everything sort of cartoonish and it's Mm -hmm. hyper capitalist and stuff and I thought mm -hmm. I was gonna overthink it and freak out and I ended up having the best time the best trip I've ever had because I was just laughing at everything everything became mm -hmm. just visual um, uh, candy land that I was just you know frolicking through for six <laughs> hours or something like that you know and 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 it, it, it can be a lot of fun and it, it can also be um, and incredibly helpful, you know. Um, I I don't consider it a a uh, a recreational drug. I take it very seriously. Uh, yeah. People who, who do do it recreationally, I think you know have a lot of experience, or they're very very comfortable with themselves, or maybe they're just stupid. So you know, sometimes yeah. stupid people can just trip and never have to worry because they don't ever think about anything real or deep. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, it it can be great. At, at, uh there's there's tons of proof of of, of different substances, not just uh, LSD and psilocybin, but um, uh, things like DMT and ketamine mm -hmm. with PTSD and uh, depression, and uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, they they give it to terminally ill patients to help them mm -hmm. deal with the concept of death, and it has had outrageously positive um result. Yeah. uh I, i'm gonna i'm gonna mess this up really bad but i know <laughs> i read this study a few years ago um i'm not gonna get the details exactly right but i want to say uh about it was it was like 20 scientists in uh sweden uh every day for 20 years a group of like 16 of them or something maybe it was 20 would uh microdose LSD mm -hmm. and coffee, uh, and you know, a microdose is something where, uh, it, for listeners, I'm sure you know, but listeners who yeah. know, microdose is such a small amount that you don't really, you're not supposed to feel it at right. all, and uh, you sort of, uh, and you can kind of build it up over time. It's not that you build it up and start developing hallucinations or anything, but uh, it, it becomes a, a part of your system and sort of your 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 mental. Uh, uh, your brain makeup and um, right uh, they did this for like I want to say 15 years and they studied and they they produced basically like a journalistic kind of explanation of their lives and and all these people were 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 happy and healthy a lot of them had ended up um, a, a lot of the scientists within the group had ended up uh, you know getting together and getting and getting married uh, you know, like it, the the their quality of life seemed to be significantly high. It, it was significantly higher than mm -hmm. uh, people in Sweden, which is 
you know, considered one of the happiest places in the world as far right. as, you know, living and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating and it's, and it's frustrating that uh, 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 these drugs are illegal because, because, you know, scientists aren't really able to do the research on them that they could. We could have, shit, if we, if we hadn't spent the last 30 years having a war on drugs, we might have developed a, 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 you know, you could go to Walgreens and mm-hmm. and uh, get an over-the-counter medicine that instantly cures your your depression or something like that. It drives me crazy when when I think about that. When I think about the the amount of time and, and money spent on that, and now they're finally going back and they're looking like at MDMA and they're looking at the, uh, all the all of these medical purposes for these drugs, which they could have done in the 1950s, or they were actually doing in the 50s and the 60s, and then they just completely stopped it. Even stuff like methamphetamine and cocaine, these are, this, let me, I, I want to get back to something that you said, though. Aside from just the medical purposes, all of this stuff should be legal. I think everything should be legal. But the, you mentioned the word control. The greatest thing about legalizing drugs is that you're able to modulate the the portion size of a product and make sure that it's commercially safe so that like if you, you don't smoke one giant cigarette, you buy a pack of 20 and that's right. the way you would model modulate cocaine or any kind of drug. Uh, uh, um, oxy. I mean, the people that are dying from oxy aren't dying from the prescriptions. Uh, the, the overwhelming majority is street purchased uh, opiates which are basically laced with uh, what you call fentanyl, which is fentanyl. basically. But or it, it, other, all of this other, really- other things. They found all yeah. sorts of crazy other things, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the scariest thing is someone market it. You you think you're going to buy cocaine, and you end up buying fentanyl, which is the exact you know opposite. <laughs> yeah. One goes up, one goes down, and that's that's how people end up dead yeah and 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 again with this stigma and 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 like like you said yeah if if we were able to have doctors who could sit down and prescribe you the the right amount and and yeah uh, like i said a micro dose or 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 whatever um uh uh, yeah there's there's so much that that uh that could could be uh, uh could have been fixed that you know a lot of a lot of uh these have shown to um even even uh uh there's been some uh, families of psychoactive drugs that have shown to, to battle cancer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, do you know um, uh, uh, who Alexander Shulgin is? I know the name. Yeah. I know he, the last name. He's an American chemist who's basically uh, come up with, he, he synthesized an entire family of, of uh, uh, drugs uh uh called the two c's the two c family mm-hmm. um uh he had a he had a big part in uh, i think he discovered mdma or maybe someone else did and they lost the formula but he basically was able uh he, he was big with the, uh mdma and mm-hmm. yeah uh uh like i'm saying you know like these guys uh, they spent all this time trying to prove to people uh, that these things, uh, uh, that, that these chemicals, these substances could be helpful. And the trick that they learned, uh, to get, to get around the government trying to make all these drugs illegal is that, you know, all you have to do to change 
uh, a substance into something else is, you know, change like a hydrogen molecule or something like that. So, you right. Know, the, the, and, it, and it's a waste of the government's time and money because they're constantly trying to chase down these quote unquote new drugs that are hitting the street or whatever um, <laughs> and, and making them illegal. So, you know, uh, like I said, uh, Shulgin's known for uh, uh, discovering the 2C family, which is uh, a psychedelic, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no chemist, but basically there's 2CE. And then they would outlaw that. And then so he came up with 2CI and they would outlaw that. And then he would come up with 2CB and they would outlaw that. <laughs> constant, there's this constant like chase that's coming around and they never get that's to great. stop. But the worst part yeah. is they never get to stop and examine these, mm-hmm. these uh, chemicals and see what they could really be used for and, and, and right. how they can help people. Um, here's another, but you know what? Here's way another thing. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't really see much of a a, a, a medical use for something like cocaine. Uh, certainly yeah. not. Uh, certainly not heroin, and certainly not like. A, you know, it, it's really funny to me that uh, that uh, uh, you know. Um, I forget. It's like it's like a, a, a Adderall is one like hydrogen yeah. molecule away from being uh, methamphetamine, like crystal crystal meth. Right. I mean, when you. But you know what- the bottle it says amphetamine what you're taking yeah. is methamphetamine so you've got half the country walking around basically uh, addicted to meth because yeah you know, uh, that's that's the kind of work a- we need in the world we need people who who yeah. work 16 hour days and be hooked on on Adderall and and, and doctors to push it and make money off of it you know yeah so, it's incredible yeah. Everywhere, when I was working in media, I won't, uh, in e- almost every venue that I worked at, there was 20 to 30% of the workers were on Adderall. And you could tell by their, they had tremendous focus, no creativity. It was very interesting. But I want to bring up another <laughs> thing that kind of, you know what, it's just the, the robot. The thing that I find interesting is that even if something, something doesn't have a medical purpose, it should still be legal because who who gives it like a martini is legal. There's no medicinal purpose unless it's, it's unless you want to talk about reducing anxiety. Like if somebody says to me, I don't think opiates, I don't think you you can buy, you should be able to buy opiates over the counter because um, you know, it's, it's addictive. And I go, well, everything good is, is addictive, but it's like, who, who the hell are you to tell me what I can do to my body? If I want to seek oblivion in any, any way, shape or form, yeah. Why is that a moral? Why is that a moral decision? Why is that a moral? De- that's not a moral decision for you to make. It's for me to make, unless I'm hurting somebody else, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even hurting myself. You know, I, the control. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go, go, go ahead. And finish your thought. Because I agree. I essentially agree. I was just going to add to it. Yeah, it's just it's weird because like if you allow the human being to control these these uh, products, they control then they can control the consequences as well. But if you take the control out of it, they all, then they can't control the end result because then they get the bad drug or they take too much or they eat a pot brownie and they didn't realize how much pot was in the brownie. And now they're, you know, the, now they're at the ER. But all of these things can be controlled when you give it to the, the individual. And sure, there's going to be people who are going to be addicted, people who are going to overdose and die. But we're already having that now with them being illegal. My guess is it goes down like it did. I think it is it Peru. I can never Portugal. 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 Yeah. And I think uh, uh, there's a, a 
there is a South American country, maybe Uruguay, Paraguay. Yeah. But Portugal, I think so. Sure. And, and, and you're seeing it. Yeah, all the countries that take it less seriously. I mean, you've been to Australia, right? Yeah, a long everything, time ago. Everything there is, is incredibly illegal. You look at Southeast Asia where everything is incredibly illegal, right? Everyone yeah. is a drunk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've, I've never seen, uh, you know, in, in Australia, the, uh, the, the, the level of like daily drunkenness and just the, the, mm-hmm. the amount that people would drink and the, the you know, bars staying open until four or 5 a.m. everywhere, you know, it, mm-hmm. just, it just goes to show that like, um, it's not about people's health. It's not about, uh, uh, uh you know, the morality of any of it, it's, it's all about the money, you know, uh, yeah, alcohol exactly. was able to take over and, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, just look at how we used to give, you know, opium, uh, mm-hmm. to babies for toothaches and things like that. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, uh, uh, I would, uh, I, I knew that if I, if I had cancer and I was in some kind of severe, uh, uh, pain that I would want, um, you know, like clean opium from a flower right. than, yeah, like you said, some um, uh, Percocet that was that was brewed in a lab and pressed <laughs> and, and shipped to me, you know, and I and I think that that does have side effects. I tend to uh, stray towards uh, uh, drugs that kind of occur in, within nature. You know, yeah. um, uh, 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 weed, obviously, uh, 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 you know, um, DMT is something that I'm a huge proponent of that, that mm. is in almost everything, almost every plant it's in our brains. It's, uh, we have a, a huge amount of it in our brains, uh, when we're born and supposedly our brains are flooded with it before we die. That's supposed to, um, uh, some, some philosoph- drug philosophers, uh, think that's the experience of, you know, watching your life flash mm-hmm. before your eyes and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I forgot where we were going with that specific question. But yeah. it's okay. Because you know why we're running out of time anyway, I gotta, I gotta put on my hair and makeup because I gotta look uh, cute and you got, and you yeah. have to go pick up somebody at the airport. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. <laughs> I, 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 I want to stay on forever. It's, all right, I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave a. This is my, this is my advice. Since this mm-hmm. is what we're mostly talking about, if we, if, if someone ever wants to try a psychedelic, they should pursue finding DMT. Um, yes, it's uh, a short high, right? Isn't it a, it's like a, it's, 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 it's a high, like it's, it's very high, or, or it's mm-hmm. very short. It's very short. It's um, the most intense. Uh, now the way that you can take it, uh, you know, uh, it, it has many names. Ayahuasca. That it's also right. uh, the active ingredient in the toad venom that you, you may have heard about and, th- and things like mm-hmm. that. But but DMT essentially is all over the place. But when when you smoke pure DMT, it's like you said, the veil is lifted back. Or or do you remember uh, the movie Videodrome with James Woods? Yes, of course. Okay, that so was you great. Know, yeah, David Cronenberg. So, yep. So, you know, in the scene where uh, uh, he's looking at the TV and it pans yes. out and it's him watching, he's watching himself watch the TV. 
That's yes. sort of what happens with DMT at first is that you're sort of pulled back to see um, this shape of reality and uh, 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 you, you pulled back to sort of see uh, the shape of your reality and then you kind of see the shape of the universe as a whole. Some people go places, they've, they've talked about uh, 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 meeting different uh, uh, types of, of, of creatures and, and what's interesting is that when people share stories, a lot of them, when they describe what they can describe, it's all very similar. So, so mm-hmm. it's something that if I could make everyone in the world have to try a drug one time, I would make everyone smoke DMT once, all at once. And I think, mm-hmm. I think everyone would instantly drop all the bullshit that they've got going on in the world. And, and you mm-hmm. feel connected. You feel, you feel, um, uh, a sense you feel that higher power and when you feel this higher power it's something that 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 you kind of like like you said your friend cannot stop thinking about it they had yeah sort of a taste of that higher level of consciousness and even though it sort of scared them at first you know i, I bet that they want to try it again sometime i bet they've mentioned think- wanting to try it again huh or or, or have they said she- never ever again I think it's the, I think she's right in the middle of that where it's like, well, she's, she's terrified, but she's curious. And so she's reading about, now she's reading about it. She's listening to people. I think what it did was it, it, it permanently changed the way she looked at reality. And I've heard this from other people that they, they suddenly they realize how subjective reality is. Yes. And that we all, we all operate with these frameworks that are kind of put on us. And that took that framework away. The thing, a, a DMT. Um, is it the, the, is a common initial side effect vomiting? Is that uh, or am I confusing it with a different? Um, no, no. A, a lot of people vomit. It, it, it gives yes. you a very intense body high, and I don't really know the science science behind yeah. it. So some people pass out for you know ten to fifteen minutes, and 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 I've seen people pass out and vomit and stuff like that. That's why you always want someone around. And when you when you do ayahuasca which is DMT in, in a T form, you know, that's a much longer yeah. trip. That can last, you know, eight to 12 hours. But if you just smoke Ugh. DMT, they call it the businessman's trip because in like 45 minutes, you're essentially back to normal. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're right. I think, I think you put it on perfectly is that, is that you're able to sort of, uh, uh, well, what, what did Huxley say? You're the, 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 windows of perception are wiped clean. You know, you've got mm-hmm. all this, this junk and this, these things that you've learned and, and, and established and, and, and that have, that have sort of uh, developed over your vision that sort of clouds mm-hmm. things or it gives, defines things, you know? Uh, and, and, and so it allows you to look at things differently. That's why uh, so many musicians and artists were so into it because it's like, you know, for example, it's like, well, you know, I'm looking at this chair and I know what a chair mm-hmm. is. I know a chair has agency in the sense that I should sit in it. But what <laughs> if I did this? And then somebody, you know, uh, 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 turns it upside down and then it's suddenly yeah. a piece of art because they've made some kind of commentary on um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a perfect example is, uh, I think Foucault wrote it, but it's a short book called This Is Not a Pipe. And what it is mm-hmm. is a painting of a pipe. And it right. talks about, you know, 
like you said, the subjectiveness of it. You walk up to somebody and say, well, what is this? They would say, a painting. Or somebody might mm -hmm. say, a pipe. Or somebody might mm -hmm. say, a painting of a pipe. So, right. yeah, I, I think the best part about it, and, and what it's really done is allowed me to um, uh, connect with uh, 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 guys like you much easier, where we, where mm -hmm. if, uh, 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 10 years ago, I didn't have as much uh, experience with psychedelics. I probably wouldn't have been able to um, embrace or sort of put myself in your shoes and see your perspective, which, right. you know, like, that's what that's I think. What that's what I wish all the cops in the world could do right now is just smoke DMT once and then you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll suddenly understand, you know, that, 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 that the, the sort of, not the fear that people live in from cops necessarily, but that they'll understand that the rest of the world is, is, is one big community and, and, and to mm -hmm. have sides and ideologies, I think ideology, ideology the worst. Is, is the worst. It's, it's dangerous. It's the worst. There's never a perfect system. And no, there isn't. And, and it's, it's, it's just, it's, psychedelics, it's a are great because, psychedelics are great because they obliterate that. They, they allow you yeah. to, to understand, to, they help you think in more abstract ways that, um, you know, uh, 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 yeah, that, 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 that things have perspective and, and that things change and that, you know, exactly what you're saying earlier, it, it all goes back to how, um, uh, uh people refuse to step outside of their own perspective uh, and, yeah. and, 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 and psychedelics help that a lot. Yeah. Well, Riley, this is, this, this has been great. Uh, if, if, if any of the uh, listeners want to pick up an album, the, the latest one is nightmare logic, which is fantastic. Uh, and then you'll want to go back and get uh, manifest decimation. And I'm looking forward to the third one. I know it's going to take some time, but uh, um you, you, the band will get back on its feet, I'm sure, and it's going to be great. If it's if it's not soon, it's going to be sooner. I hope. I I don't we're, know. We're, but we're not too worried about it. And and yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back out into it. And if not, I'll, I'll you know I'll figure out a way. Um, and yeah, you know, I want to thank you before you let me go. I want to thank you, listeners, for um, uh, letting us babble about uh, <laughs> something that I'm sure they're not that into, and probably just sounds like. A bunch of bullshit, but uh, you know. you'd be surprised. There's a small right. portion of of Fox people who are. Remember, if you were if you being a teenager in the '60s puts you in your '60s now. That's true. That's so, true. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So I mean. All right, I, buddy. All right, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.